Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Don't miss out on your chance to listen to four-time Super Bowl champ Charlie Weiss on the only podcast solely devoted to everyone's favorite position in football, the quarterback. Listen for free now by subscribing wherever you get podcasts or by going to CelebrityQB.com. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast, bringing you the latest in sports news, fantasy analysis, and opinions. Don't forget the hot takes. Can't have a sports show without hot takes these days. What about hot cakes, though? Mm, I want some hot cakes. Now, here's your host, ready to jump into the thick of things, Dwayne Callender. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. Got a lot to talk about, not a whole lot of time to do it, so let's get right down to it. The divisional rounds for the Major League Baseball playoffs are about to begin. We had the wild card wrap up last night. The Yankees prevailing over the A's in relatively smooth fashion. The Yankees jumped on top early, survived a little scare in the fourth inning with Severino pitching out of trouble. But realistically, the A's going bullpen by committee uh, just blew up in their face. I mean, Aaron Judge uh, just cracked the two-run bomb early on to get things started in the bottom of the first inning, and it was a wrap from there because the Yankee crowd was nuts. I mean, everyone was amped up for the game anyway, but it the plays was rocking the entire way through. Uh, so the Yankees looked good last night. Uh, you know, you could see the difference with Judge in the lineup versus out of the lineup. Uh, Judge looked uh, healthy. I still don't think that wrist is a full 100% good to go, uh, so that's... I want to see if Judge can do that if he has to catch up with a more high-power uh, uh, high power thrower uh, that he'll see in Boston. Now, again, Chris Sale and, uh, I mean, David Price, you know, normally regular season, these are beasts. Postseason, neither one of them has had a good postseason yet in their careers. Uh, David Price especially has been poor against the Yankees, so... Yankees-Red Sox in a five-game series should be very interesting just from the standpoint of, if I'm actually being honest with myself, I don't think the Yankees pitching staff is going to be, like, for starter for starter, I don't think they'll have any issues dealing with Boston. Uh, Honestly, it's it's my opinion. I, I, I have significant questions about it. I don't think Sales' body is built to last... 200-plus innings throwing the baseball. And I think that's why he catches up to him every October. And I think David Price, his career has trended the exact same way. I think those guys are ones you have to manage throughout the year. And Sale has already been shut down twice this year. Price already went on the DL for an extended period of time. I mean, it's just a case where, you know, Boston's got issues with their starters. So, you know, it may be a situation where Rick Porcell's got to step up and be the ace of the staff because 
I'm not sold that uh, price or sale can actually do that in, in such a short, short series. So, uh, you know, as much as the Yankees have issues with their starting rotation, you don't know which Tanaka's going to show up. Severino's all over the place more often than not. Uh, he looked good in spots last night, so we'll see if that if he can get that going. Uh, and Hap has been the most consistent guy. You know, the Yankees' bullpen is leaps and bounds better than the Boston bullpen. Uh, you know, again, in a short series, I actually get the edge in the pitching matchup to the Yankees. It, it's To me, that's a win for the Yankees. Now, in terms of hitting, this is pretty much a wash. I mean, Boston's lineup is a murderer's road just as much as the Yankees. I think that matchup's a wash. The issue where I think this series comes down to is, can the Yankees' ability to field like get out of their way it's like uh, the the amount of errors the Yankees generate you know especially with Gary Sanchez behind the plate can the Yankees cut down on the mistakes fielding because Boston's very good at fielding they save runs defensively the Yankees cost themselves uh, runs defensively so if these are tight games you know as good as the Yankees bullpen is compared to Boston's bullpen the Yankees can still find themselves in danger because of their inability to field cleanly and that to me is the difference between these two teams. If the Yankees can field well, they're going to win this series. If they have a bunch of errors, Boston's going to make them pay every single time. That is the is the X factor in this series, in my opinion. So I think this one goes uh, to the full extent where full five-game series, I think this goes all the way to the fifth game in Boston. I, I, I would be surprised if this series ended any earlier than that, just because... They are very well matched to play each other. Uh, so I'm fascinated to see how this series goes. But I think the difference is going to come down to the defense. So I, I'm going to give a slight edge to Boston. But to be perfectly honest, uh, if I'm doing a betting line, I would not be opposed to taking the Yankees if the odds were plus 170, plus 180. I, I think those those would be nice odds uh, if I'm putting in a wager on the Yankees. I think it'll, it'll be lower, though, just because... Uh, the way Vegas would look at Yankees-Red Sox, I, I think uh, the line would be a lot lower, even though Boston's one of the favorites to come out of the AL. So, moving on to the other divisional series, we've got the Indians and the Astros. Obviously, the Astros being defending champions, they got to be the favorites here. Uh, you know, the Astros rotation, even though it's shown some holes in the second half of the year, it is still deeper than what Cleveland has, because uh, outside of Kluber, you don't know where you're going to get uh, the pitching for from the Indians because Clevenger, nice pitcher, uh, haven't seen enough yet where I'm going to give him the edge over a Keiko. So uh, this is a case where Cleveland has the chance to actually get a little bit of weight off its back. Last year they came in with a lot of hype about them. This year they come in as a little bit of an underdog. So that actually kind of helps them in my opinion takes a little bit of the pressure off. It's just a matter of uh, what uh, are they actually going to be getting out of that pitching staff because no one really knows what Bauer's going to be able to bring to the table. Trevor Bauer obviously had a lower leg fracture, came back towards the end of the year, but didn't really do a full set of work. So, again, like not having that third pitcher, if Bauer isn't really good to go for a full five, six innings, that plays a difference in my opinion. Uh, but Cleveland has more than enough uh, ability to take out the Astros, in my opinion. 
they they do. It's it's not. This is one of those where it's going to be a razor thin series. I think this one also goes five. I I I do think the Indians have what it takes. It's just a whole mentality standpoint of you know is this the year where they put it together because obviously they made it to the World Series against the Cubs, came up a game short of w- winning it all, and then obviously getting knocked out early by the Yankees last year that that left a bitter taste in their mouth. So. Uh, I I do think the Indians are the team best equipped to take out the Astros. Besides, uh, you know, even regardless of who wins the Yankees Sox series, I think if the Astros can get past the Indians, they're going back to the World Series. Uh, I I easily have uh, Houston over the Yankees and the Red Sox, so they just got to get past this Indian squad, which I I feel is the one best equipped to actually dethrone Houston in the AL. So. Uh, this is going to be an interesting matchup. Uh, we're going to see, like, in terms of production, can Jose Ramirez and Lindor carry this uh, Indians offense? Because if they get hot, they're going to win this series. But again, the Astros lineup is the most devastating in baseball when they're on. Uh, because uh, top to bottom, it, it is hard getting past the Astros lineup. So, again, it's the quality of Lindor and Ramirez. If they can just get enough they might just be able to have that puncher's chance to take out the Astros. So uh, Cleveland is plus 140, uh, Astros minus 160. Uh, I would stay away from just betting on the series line just because I, I really think that they're that even. If you're going to bet on one, I would take the Indians uh, just to get a little bit more value because uh, I don't think the Astros are a lock at all, uh, to be perfectly honest. But it's, it's if they get past the Indians... Yeah, I'm taking Houston uh, uh, right back to the World Series after this, though. Going on, we got Braves-Dodgers. No one likes this Dodgers team. This Dodgers team is insufferable. I don't understand how the Dodgers are favored in this series when you don't even know if Clayton Kershaw can actually throw five scoreless innings in a playoff game. I, 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 I'm just scratching my head. I know Walker Buehler's good, uh, but... The Braves pitching staff has been solid. I mean, if you look at it, you know, it's a case where the Braves have more than a puncher's chance of winning this series. I I think the Dodgers are highly overrated. The Dodgers don't have a bullpen outside of Kenley Jansen. They've got a lot of questions in starting pitching. I think the Dodgers are vulnerable in a short, uh, short series, and the Braves have enough talent in the NL just to squeak by them. Uh, now, do I think the Braves are a particularly great team? Not at all. But the Dodgers have a ton of holes that there's no way I can actually give a proper valuation for the uh, the Dodgers being the odds-on favorite to uh, win the world, uh, win the NL pennant. I know the the Cubs losing was a shock to everyone, but again, the, you know, I if I'm taking the team out of the NL, it would be the Brewers, even though the Brewers have like. I, I have no idea why the Brewers are going bullpen by committee for game one of a divisional series round. It, like, you can't be trying to give away uh, opening round games like that. It, that's inexcusable. But, uh, you know, as it stands, uh, we'll, we'll see how it, it goes. But Dodgers being minus 220 against the Braves, as much as the Braves struggle in the postseason, there's no way I can favor the uh, Dodgers that much. It's like, if I'm betting on this, I'm taking the Braves plus 180, and I think the Braves actually win this series. I got too many questions about the Dodgers' bullpen and the fact that 
the Dodgers starters aren't all that hot to begin with either. Uh, I I definitely think the Braves can win this series, uh, but uh, no way are the Dodgers a slam dunk as uh, as much as the odds makers have made them out to be. And yes, the final game, uh, we've got the surprising Rockies team that uh, made it past the Cubs uh, playing the Brewers. Uh, Milwaukee uh, has the home field advantage throughout the NL and Based on what I've seen, it, the Brewers should win this series uh, just because uh, from the standpoint of the Brewers have a deep enough lineup. Yes, the Rockies can always rake, but the Rockies hitting still seems to be more limited to course than anything else. I think the Brewers have a deeper lineup. Uh, they were a little bit fresher. Obviously, the Rockies uh, playing extra innings against the Cubs doesn't help. Uh, I thought the Brewers uh, should have uh, gone a little bit more aggressive instead of trying to do this by committee nonsense uh, and just uh, trot it out, chase Anderson, and be done with it. But, uh, you know, the Brewers look like they're going to go by committee today because they ready to use Chassin for uh, the wild card game. I mean, well, not the wild card game, the, uh, the tiebreaker game against the Cubs. Uh, so it looks like the Brewers are only going to go two pit- pitchers deep and then try to figure it out from there. I, I just think that even though they're the weakest starting rotation out of the NL, they they have the lineup that can actually match up against an AL squad. Uh, to me, the uh, the American League far and away has the better lineups. Uh, what we're seeing, I mean, if the Dodgers had uh, had Bellinger going the way he was going last year, and they had a little bit healthier lineup, yeah, I could see the Dodgers matching up against an AL squad. Overall, I still think the AL takes the World Series this year, but the NL is wide open. I think the Brewers can win this one. Uh, I'm just not sold on this uh, bullpen by committee. We'll see how it, uh, how it goes down today, uh, but uh, no formal announcement as the pitcher, so it's likely a situation where the Brewers go by committee. So we'll see how Game 1 unfolds today. So moving on, uh, we've got... Uh, the NFL coming back with Thursday Night Football. You got the Colts going to New England. Uh, no T.Y. Hilton. Uh, you know, this is not a good look for Indy. Uh, I think the Patriots are, you know, with special Gronk with his bum ankle. I think the Patriots are going to copy the same game script they use for Miami. Just line up uh, uh, the running backs uh, behind the offensive line and just pound the rock on the Colts. They've done this numerous times with LeGarrette Blunt. I mean, Laguerre, there, there were games where LeGarrette Blunt was at, having over 150 yards rushing against the Colts' uh, defensive line. I And there's not been enough turnover in the on the Colts' side of things to make me feel confident that things are going to be any different. I, I do think that Sonny Michel and James White can have monster games uh, tonight. So I'm taking uh, New England. I don't know if uh, Indy's going to get enough garbage points to cover... The ten and a half spread, uh, but it's a large enough line where I would rather stay off of this game. But if I'm taking the line, I'm probably going to end up taking the Colts. Hopefully, with a backdoor cover. But I wouldn't be shocked that the uh, Patriots were up seventeen in the fourth quarter tonight, and you're looking for the uh, Indy just to get one more touchdown to do a backdoor cover. That, uh, to me, it's this screams one of those games. I think the Pats win this one easily. It's just a case of you know how much of a nail-biter does it come to in the last uh, 
five minutes of the game where you could get a touchdown that swings the line. So that's where I'm looking at this. Um, I got a few other tidbits I want to talk about. Hey, Throwdown Nation. Are you at the bottom of your fantasy league wondering what is going on with your quarterback? Well, I think I've got a new show that may just fit the bill for you. The show is called Celebrity QB, featuring four-time Super Bowl champion coach Charlie Weiss. Unlike other football shows, you'll get the inside scoop on all things quarterbacks to get your burning questions answered, such as, is this the year Tom Brady finally looks his age? Can Aaron Rodgers actually play a full season on one healthy leg? And can Dak Prescott actually lead the Cowboys to a Super Bowl in spite of Jerry Jones? Coach Weiss and co-host Steve Strau have got you covered on all things quarterbacks. Listen now on Apple Podcasts or any major media platform. Celebrity QB, everyone's favorite position. Because, again, the Giants are struggling on offense. We've had a number of folks complaining about Eli Manning. It's the usual lazy go-to move by the media. Whenever the Giants aren't playing well, but you blame Eli Manning. He's the reason why the offense can't move. He's the one constant guy as to uh, why the Giants offense struggles so much. So let me give you some facts, folks. Kids, do you want to guess who was the last Giants offensive lineman to make a Pro Bowl? That would be Chris Snee in the year 2012. 2012. Do you, do you guys remember how long ago that was? Yes, six years. We haven't had a Giants offensive lineman make the Pro Bowl in six years. That was one of the last years Chris Snee was actually healthy. So uh, the other guys that made the Pro Bowl for the Giants, you got Sean O'Hara in 2009 and David Deal, I mean, uh, Sean O'Hara in 2010, David Deal, 2009. We're talking almost a decade with only three offensive linemen making a Pro Bowl. Do you know how many teams had three or fewer linemen make the Pro Bowl besides the Giants? Zero. We are the last team. We're 32 out of 32 of teams with the fewest number of offensive linemen actually making it to the Pro Bowl. I had to go back and look at the different selections by team, and we're dead last. It's inconceivable how a team can be this dysfunctional on a particular unit for so long in the area never to be properly addressed because even bad teams bad teams know that you have to draft offensive linemen the Giants have been so woeful on the line with Jerry Reese not deciding he can just sign free agents and only then drafting Eric Flowers who has turned out to be a complete and utter bust that you know it took until this year with Reese gone that, you, you know, you got Will Hernandez uh, drafted as a guard in the second round. Uh, Richburg was a, a, a center uh, drafted in the third round uh, uh, three years ago. But, again, Richburg was never uh, never a highly routed, uh, touted prospect. That's why when I say these things about, you know, folks not understanding football, you know, you can point the finger at Eli Manning all you want saying that the Giants haven't scored 30 points and over 36 games. Believe me, I'm well aware of that. But when you are so deficient at one of the most critical parts of football, and the fact that you can just point to the fact that none of your players 
are deemed to be top tier. The Giants have made the playoffs with subpar players. I mean, Justin Pugh never panned out, always injured. You know, you got folks, yes, you could say that there were attempts made, but they weren't good attempts. And guess what? This is a results-oriented sport. So while you can point to Eric Flowers being drafted, Justin Pugh being drafted, guess what? Both are, are, are would be considered busts. A, from the standpoint, Pugh was never healthy enough, and B, Flowers can't block anyone and will never be a tackle. Even, uh, I mean, Dave Gettleman gambled on, uh, on Eric Flowers being able to uh, make the conversion from left tackle to right tackle, which he played in college. Guess what? It has failed miserably because Flowers cannot move his feet fast enough to be an NFL caliber tackle. I mean, we're just going to have to cut our losses. He's either going to have to be a guard or just get rid of him completely. And I know most Giants fans would rather just have him gone completely. But to lay this all at the feet of Eli Manning saying that he's lost all drive to take hits, guess what? No QB wants to get hit. But I, I'll give you one even better. If you got no offensive linemen that are worth a damn, that can actually be replacement-level players on other rosters at all. That's the issue with the Giants. Our guys leave the Giants, and then they retire from the league. Will Beattie is still living off of the checks Jerry Reese gave him because no other team would actually pay him to block for a quarterback because they know better. This is the dysfunction of the New York Giants. The fact that Eli Manning has lasted as long as he has is a miracle in of itself. You know, everyone wants to uh, bitch and moan about what Eli Manning's doing. I got news for you folks. The fact that he's still around and still playing is a miracle. I mean, people just don't appreciate how dysfunctional the Giants offensive line has been for the last five years. The fact that we even got the production that we did in 2014 is a miracle. But anyway, I digress. So to cap off the show... I had one other target I wanted to go after, and that would be Nick Saban of the Alabama Crimson Tide. So Coach Saban felt the need to rip on his own students for not showing up to Alabama's thrashing of Louisiana Lafayette this uh, past Saturday, of a matchup that Alabama won, I believe, by 40 points. He complained that the lower bowl wasn't completely filled with students on a 95-degree day, watching a lousy football team show up to collect their game check, which won't go to the students, by the way. It's just going to the university. So Louisiana Lafayette football players have the honor of getting their asses kicked by Alabama and on a soaring heat day, and Nick Saban, making over $8 million a year, has the audacity to go out and post-press conference rip his own fan base for not showing up to watch a lopsided football contest with a team that has no chance of winning whatsoever. And and just to adulate over how great of a coach he is. You know, there are words to describe Nick Saban. Hypocrite would be one of them, uh, but just unctuous prick would be another way to uh, actually describe him. So I just want to cap off on that one because I saw that press conference with Nick Saban. And again, 
if it wasn't for the fact that you have like just absolute frauds like James Franklin and Urban Meyer around, I mean, it's just uh college football at times just drives me up the wall because of how obnoxious and totalitarian some of these coaches are. You know, even the Jimbo Fisher thing grabbing his own player's face mask, I, I didn't even have as much of a problem uh, with that as uh, many people did just because of the fact that, you know what, that's what football coaches are. They're, they're dictators. Uh, and they're like, oh, well, this, this has to change. Well, unless you're paying the players, it will never change because the power dynamic has to change in terms of how student-athletes are viewed if you're ever going to get these coaches to stop being absolute pricks on the sidelines and just malcontents because as long as they're the highest-paid employees in the state of wherever they're coaching, they will never have anything but diva-like attitudes. So that's all I've got for today's show. Uh, Tune in for the next podcast later on this week where I'll start going through uh, the rest of the NFL season and we got to talk about uh, the hockey season coming up uh, uh, that just started last night and uh, NBA preseason. So a lot more to come down the pipe, uh, but uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed it and uh, have a good week, uh, everyone. It's the most talked about position in all of sports, the quarterback. And now there's a show solely dedicated to the most sought after role on the field, Celebrity QB, featuring four-time Super Bowl champion coach Charlie Weiss. Unlike other football shows, you'll get the inside scoop on all things quarterbacks. Like, is this the year Tom Brady finally looks his age? Will dating Danica Patrick distract Aaron Rodgers? I mean, he's dating Danica Patrick, Charlie. We're interested in that, you know? Well, I mean, Tommy's got Giselle. I'll I'll take Giselle, okay? (laughs) Is Dak Prescott good enough to win a Super Bowl for the Cowboys? Which rookie quarterback has the best shot of making a positive impact in 2018? How about intellectually, Charlie, as far as what they ask the quarterbacks to do now? The game has changed, but the pressure that's put on quarterbacks and it always been put on quarterbacks is tremendous. Join Charlie Weiss and co-host Steve Strout on an all-new podcast from Lasting Media, exclusively about quarterbacks. Subscribe now at Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to great podcasts. Celebrity QB, everyone's favorite position. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.